Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Patreons and programs. We are here uh, for our extra content for January. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So things have been a little crazy this month, and it's been kind of hard to uh, to get everybody together to do a commentary track. So me and Derek were talking and came up with an idea of... Uh, we had mentioned this on, uh, thank you, the, the last episode or one before where we were... Uh, or maybe it might have been on the uh, the feature Prez pod when we were talking about the uh, the top five movie sequels, and mm-hmm. um, we were talking about um, w- we should do top five worst video game sequels, and uh, thought that was a good idea to do for you guys this month. Well, you know me, I'm never going to say no to a top five list. I feel like I've been doing one every week over on feature presentation, but th- this will be fun because very rarely do I do like top five worst things or bottom five things. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to do the top five best, but yeah, you know. I, I don't know how you felt about putting your list together, but mine was actually fairly easy to like to select the five. It was a little difficult to rank them. But I, I knew which ones I wanted to pick right off the bat. Oh, yeah. I had I had about three right off the bat. And uh, uh, the, the couple other ones I had to th- really think about. And um, I have three that ended up on a runners-up list. So I don't, I don't know if you have any runners-up. I do not, but I'm excited to hear yours. Okay. Um, well, I guess what we'll do is... Uh, so. How, how did you come up with your list? Like, is, What were your criteria? So it, it's kind of a, a broad answer because some of mine are straight up sequels. Some are actually like you could count them as sequels, but they're all also kind of like reboots yeah, of the franchises I, that, that I felt were, 
you know, it, it really lowered the standard for what is expected, especially one that, you know, if you if you know what N64 games I like, you know, <laughs> one of these is going to be on the list. So yeah, I have one on here that's a uh, that's a reboot. Well, not necessarily a reboot, but uh, they, they took the franchise itself in a whole new direction. But uh, we'll talk mm. about when we when we get to it. But uh, I guess we can start out with um, we'll talk about my runners up first. Knock okay. those out. Um, the first one up on my runners up is uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Ooh, I didn't even think about that one. I am not a fan of Donkey Kong Jr. because Donkey Kong itself is it's a very enjoyable arcade game. Uh, every time I see a Donkey Kong machine, I feel compelled to play it, much like uh, uh, Miss Pac-Man. But man, Donkey Kong Jr., they took what was good about Donkey Kong, the original, and just ramped up the difficulty to to 10. And I don't know about you, but as many times as I've tried to play Donkey Kong Jr. throughout my life, I don't think I've ever gotten past the first stage. I may have gotten to the second one, but I'm right there with you. Donkey Kong, the original, is, to me one of the most important video games of all time because it really launched a genre into mm. the stratosphere and into the mainstream. It launched and a also, company, too. I mean, if it wasn't yeah. Donkey Kong, we wouldn't have Nintendo right now. Yeah, it launched Mario. It launched Donkey Kong, You know, two of the most iconic Nintendo and just video game characters of all time. And let's be honest, you can't make Mario a villain. Yeah. They made Mario the villain <laughs> in Donkey Kong Jr., and you just cannot do that. Like yeah. Mario is just so he's so wholesome and good. Like he, there's just like there's certain characters that you can't make evil, and Mario is one of them. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's number one on my runners up list. Uh, number two, I felt bad about putting this on the top five list because I don't think this is a bad game. I think it's just it was executed poorly, and the day night mechanic uh, really brings the enjoyment of the game down. And and because I said that, I think everybody's figured out at this point, Castlevania II Simon's Quest. It was so... I like the fact that they tried to take it in a different direction, which I enjoy um, That what they did with Castlevania II. But like I said, I think there's just the execution was off. Yeah, and I'll always give a company credit for at least attempting new things when you don't necessarily have to. But you also have to be knowledgeable and critical if the execution doesn't work. And I agree with you in, in this case that the execution didn't work. But I like the idea, though. Yeah. I still enjoy playing the game because it actually, to be honest, this was, I remember this was the very first game I ever rented after I got my Nintendo when I was a kid. Uh, we had a gas station down the street from us that, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day, gas stations would have like a little wall of videos that they would rent. Um, mm -hmm. And they had some Nintendo games. I remember uh, I rented uh, Kid Nicky, um, but uh, Castlevania 2 was the first game I ever rented. Uh, and of course, I played the original Castlevania, and this was just so far. Well, no, no, I take that back. Take that back. I actually played Castlevania 2 before I played the original Castlevania. So my first foray into Castlevania was Castlevania 2. So I didn't have that hatred of it that most people had that played the original Castlevania. But once you play the original Castlevania and then go to Castlevania 2, it's like, whoa, this is completely different. 
I feel like we're having a conversation similar to when you told me to watch Halloween three season of the witch first yeah. before I watched Halloween one and two for the it's first weird. time. I, I, when I was a kid, I watched all the, watched and played all the sequels first before I saw the originals, which looking back on it, I don't think was a bad thing. No, not at all. Um, and for my last runner up, I have resident evil six. Um, they got so far away from what made resident evil, a horror game like horror survival um you know i think two and four are the best games in that original run of the resident evil games uh five was a bit more of an action game but it still had the horror elements in it by the time they got to six it was just a straight up action game and i, I remember playing it i had rented it at the time and I think I got maybe 30 minutes into the game, and I was just like, man, this just this is not for me. I don't think I like Resident Evil games anymore. So I'm not as knowledgeable on Resident Evil games as you are, but in doing research for my list, I looked at several other, you know, like top 10 or top 25 worst video game sequels. Every list I looked at had Resident Evil 6 on it. Yeah. So that I think I, that's I don't blame that's them. all you need to know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I could see why this landed on, you know, worst game list because this is the game that that stopped me from playing 7 and 8 for for so long. I mean, I've played them by now, but and I enjoy those games, you know, they took it in a complete different direction, brought it back to the the horror genre. But uh but yeah, 6 really soured me on Resident Evil for a while. That goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's all about the execution if yeah. you want to do something different. But I don't think you can completely reinvent the formula that makes your predecessors so successful. Yeah. Um, so now we're on to the actual list. And uh, would you like to start us off with your, your number five? I would love to. My number five, Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2. I played this for the Xbox 360 when it came out. I loved the original because it took lightsaber combat, customization, and force abilities to a whole new level. I remember playing this at my friend Jake and Luke's house whenever it came out. And the first time you play as Darth Vader through you know, the, the first, when you're on Kashyyyk for the first time before you meet his secret apprentice, and you have to use the force to knock over this giant wall. And my jaw dropped. Yeah. The first time I did that, and it was just, it was so cool because you felt like you were actually in one of the movies, in mm -hmm. a sense. And it's one of those things that I wish was still canon. Uh, so I was really excited for Force Unleashed 2 when it was announced. But I was so disappointed with it because they didn't really do anything to make it very different. And it was also very short. Like, it felt more like a DLC pack. Yeah. That would, that would be an epilogue for the Force Unleashed 1. So it was one of those games that, you know, I beat in a few hours. I thought the story was, I didn't agree with a lot of the directions they went in. Um, they had some alternate endings that were pretty cool, but it, it was just a very watered down version of what I thought was a great first incarnation of that game. Yeah, I never played part two. I really enjoyed the first one. I mean, how can you not like, you know, bringing down a Star Destroyer using the Force? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> that was so cool. And and never... I didn't know you could do that with the Force. I was like, man, this game is awesome. 
yeah, it's one of the best Star Wars games ever made, in my opinion. I just, I wish if they, I wish they would have taken a little more time with the sequel or just take what you had and make it DLC. Yeah. Well, it, it is an EA game, so it was probably very, very rushed. Yeah. yeah so. I like to not think about EA if I don't have to. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my number five spot, I have Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge. Everybody knows my love for the original Star Tropics game. I still think it's one of the best NES games uh, that that was out there. The adventure, the story, the the gameplay. Um, and then they brought along the sequel, which was very late in the NES uh, lifetime. It, it came out in 1994, um, and pretty much everybody had moved on to the Super Nintendo at that point, which is weird to me. They never tried to make a sequel for the Super Nintendo. And uh, I was so excited for when this game was coming out. You know, I had a job at the time. I still had my Nintendo, and I was like, man, I'm going to get Zoda's Revenge because I loved the first one so much. Got it, and immediately knew that they took everything that was fun about the first game and just yanked it out. Like, they tried to improve upon... In the original game, when you move, you move in a grid pattern, which I didn't find awful in the first game. I think it... it actually worked in that game's favor. Um, they tried to fix that for the second game to where you could, you know, in the first game you could only move in four directions, up, down, left, or right. Um, in the second one, they fixed it to where you could actually maneuver while jumping, which caused you to either overshoot your target or, you know, it, you would end up jumping off of platforms and, and not land where you're supposed to go. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the first part of the game, you're trying to, to move around the map and you're, you're falling into sinkholes every five feet. And it made it so aggravating that I, I just didn't even want to play it. I, when I think of Star Tropics, I think of one of the greatest what-if stories yeah. for Nintendo because why would you make a sequel to what I perceive to be a, a pretty successful game years after you release a new console like why is it still coming out for the nes three yeah. years after you've launched the super nintendo four years i don't after understand the original that logic game. four whole years after the original game so it, it really makes you wonder and i know we've had this discussion numerous times but what would have happened had star tropics 2 been released for the super nintendo would we be talking about star tropics in the same vein as like a zelda or a metroid who knows? Yeah. And how can you call a game Star Tropics when in the sequel you take the tropics out of the game? Like there's yeah, yeah like and it's you just took, star. You took the whole environment that was cool about the first game and just got rid of it. I don't I don't know what they were thinking with this game. I've tried makes me, Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it it makes me want to find every copy of Star Tropics two and cross off tropics. Yeah, exactly. Call it star. <laughs> star two, Zoda's Revenge. Yeah, but you know me. I have tried and tried. That that was one of the first games when we started this game. When we started this this show, that was one of the games. I was like, I want to go back and really try to play this game and review it. And I've tried over the last few years. I've started a new game, tried to play it. it it's pretty much unplayable. That's a shame. That really is a shame because I I've played a little bit of the original Star Tropics and I do like it. 
You know, it's one that I haven't revisited in a while, but it just sucks when, you know, like I was talking about with The Force Unleashed, when you have a great game and then you mess up the sequel. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. But speaking of ruining uh, sequels, Tyler Watson, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for this, (laughs) but my number four, you knew this had to be on my list. Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures. When oh you think yeah, I knew pa- that was coming. <laughs> you, I'm surprised it's not higher, but I'll get into why my other three are higher in just a bit. Pac-Man, probably the most iconic arcade game of all time, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, probably one of the most important video games of all time. If if not number one, as far as like arcade specific, it's got to be in the top three. So what do you do with a sequel? <laughs> You make it a point-and-click adventure. And not, not, to, not to knock point-and-click games, I will admit I'm not as well-versed in them as you have. I know you've talked about numerous ones that you've played in the past. Yeah. But it just didn't work for Pac-Man, in my opinion. When I think of Pac-Man, I think of, you know, gobbling up power pellets and mm-hmm. chasing ghosts and, you know, just going to different maps. And what do you do? You make Pac-Man... Uh, a wholesome family man who runs errands <laughs> for his family and screw and tries to fix all their screwed up problems. You, you still have the power pellet aspect where like you get ambushed by ghosts sometimes. And you basically how you control the environment is Pac-Man is just moving by himself. And you have this like slingshot at the bottom of the screen and you shoot objects that you want Pac-Man to interact with. You can also shoot power pellets onto the screen if he's ambushed by ghosts. And that turns him into Super Pac-Man, turns the ghost blue like we see in the arcade games, blah, blah, blah. It just, it didn't work for Pac-Man. Like if you had made a point and click game that featured a completely different property, I might have given it a better shot, but it's just not what I think of when I think of Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man's pretty much stuck in that that maze genre. Like it's, it's it would be too hard to try to bring him out of that and and try to make him anything other than you know clear the screen of pellets, go on to the next screen like that. That's Pac Man trying to make him into a point and click RPG or whatever or platformer. No, that just that sounds awful to me. It's it's another one of those games that in all the list I read for worst video game sequels. It was on every one of them. I'm sure it was. I remember it, it's you just... re- reviewing this thing, and I was like, I will never play this ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't done it in a while, but I, I used to have this running gag whenever I would visit a, a retro game store here in town. And if I saw a game I really didn't like, I would take a picture of it and me giving a, a little bit of sign language to it, yeah. if you will, and I, and I would... <laughs> Send that to Jason. That that or taking a Final Fantasy game and putting it back on the shelf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At my number four spot, this is going to be controversial. I actually combined two games to, to add to the fourth spot. And I know people are going to be very surprised to hear me say this, but Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3 for the NES. Ninja Gaiden is still one of my favorite games for the Nintendo, even as hard as it is. And that's the thing. That game is very hard, and I have a sense of personal accomplishment that I can beat that game. 
So they took what was good about the first game and they said, you know what? Let's make this even more impossibly hard for the sequels. And two was exponentially harder than one. And even in the first game, it 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 the difficulty ramps up. You know, the first stage isn't that hard. Second stage is harder. Third stage, you know, it exponentially gets harder as the game goes on. The second game, it just starts off like like the final level of the first game. Like it's so it it just throws you into madness with no kind of like if you had never played the first game, God help you. And by the time the third game came around, it was like it was so hard I I couldn't even play it. It makes you wonder like what was the state, like the mental state of these developers? Like, were they so angry in their life? They were like, <laughs> you know what? We're gonna take our anger out on the masses. We're gonna make Ninja Gaiden 2 even harder than the first one. Yeah. And you know what we're gonna do with three? We're gonna make it even harder than that. I know. To where it's almost unplayable, where you you're you have to be some sort of gaming savant to play the third game at least the second game i could get you know to this day i can get you know three or four levels in before i just can't go any further but the third one is just it's so far beyond playable i'll be completely honest i forget that ninja gaiden even has sequels i I know the first one is held in very high regard but you never hear anything about two and three and i i think that speaks volumes because no one can play them (laughs) i I just don't understand like as a developer like you you have to know or have some inclination of how difficult the game is so why would you make it borderline impossible to play who knows i haven't i don't know i would love to have one of the ninja gaiden developers on this show and just be like so why do you hate children (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what what happened to you in your life that made you this way did a ninja kill your family or what happened yeah we we, we got to know <laughs> so my number three we had talked about you successful games and then they decide to do maybe like a, a soft reboot or just completely change things up and that's what happened with my number three, which is Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts mm. for the Xbox 360. Much like people know your love of Star Tropics, they know my love of Banjo-Kazooie. It's my favorite 3D platformer of all time. I know that's kind of crazy to think that it's better than the likes of Mario 64, but mm. it's just my opinion. I love Banjo-Kazooie. I even like Banjo-Tooie as well. So I was excited when they announced that there was going to be a third Banjo-Kazooie for the Xbox 360. They release a trailer for it. And when you think of Banjo-Kazooie, you think of collecting jigsaw pieces, uh, musical notes, like different collectibles throughout each level as you progress through the game. What you do in Nuts and Bolts is at the beginning of the game, you have all of your abilities taken away from you. And what you have to do to, uh, to accomplish all your objectives, you build vehicles to travel Mm -hmm. around and collect jigsaw pieces. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) You don't have any attacks or anything that you had in one and two. Why did they they do that for sequels? Why did they take the stuff that was fun about the first game and then yank it out? You took the platforming out of the platformer (laughs) is exactly what they did. Like you took the genre out of it. Yeah, completely. Like I I like the animation style. It had this kind of like bright, vibrant and blocky kind of look to it, which I thought was was okay. But you took everything out of the original two of what made it great. And you just removed all of it. Yeah, I. I wish that Rare would make a true Banjo-Kazooie 3. I don't foresee it happening because I feel like if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Because this game came out, I think, in like 2006, 2007, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'll actually look that up real quick. I but... think there's just an, there's an expectation for sequels to games. Like you think, like, why not just take, <clears throat> you know, the the game physics and engine and and the playability of the first game that people enjoyed and then just copy and paste that into you know a new environment new story and but add new things to it why take things away that people enjoyed about the first game that just boggles my mind well and they they did that with Banjo Tooie they left the core concept but they added new abilities like Banjo and Kazooie being able to split up and give them each their own moves and that added you know a fun new dynamic but with this you just took pretty much everything that made those first two games great and they were gone yeah but the the game came out November 11th 2008 oh ah, okay. so it came out it came out 8 years after Banjo Tooie wow so I it's one of those games on my wish list, much like a Conquer's Bad Fur Day 2, but I, I don't foresee it happening, unfortunately. Yeah. So th- this game was just it was one of the most disappointing games that I've ever played too. It made me sad to play it. <laughs> That's the bad thing when it makes you sad to play a game. Yeah. Uh for my number three spot, here's the one that uh, I was talking about beforehand about being basically a reboot. It's still it's not a reboot. It's a continuation of the original story, but just a complete different uh, way, of, uh, like a reboot or a retail. Like I don't know, just a restart, basically. Mass Effect Andromeda. 
I yep. love the original Mass Effect games. I was one of the people that didn't mind the way it ended. I thought it ended great. I loved those that original trilogy. Mass Effect 2 is still one of my favorite games of all time. But Mass Effect Andromeda took everything that was good about the original trilogy and you know they t they they took out some of the aliens and like all the stuff that was cool about the first game and just made a boring sequel slash reboot like i i have it on ps4 i think i played it for maybe three or four hours and there was nothing keeping me playing that game that's another one of those very disappointing games too because much like you i like the mass effect trilogy was excited when andromeda was announced i luckily for me i didn't get it when it first came out but i heard enough from mutual friends who liked the original trilogy too and they were like don't don't play it it's, yeah. it's not worth it so I, I i never got around to it but all the reviews i read and all the reviews i watched on youtube all say pretty much the same thing of what you're saying it's just it, it almost took the heart out of the mass effect trilogy it did it just it, it, it there was nothing about that game that was intriguing or like you said they just took the heart out of the game there was, you know, there was no, uh, uh, like, your main character in the original trilogy is you. Shepard is you. You you mold that character uh, on what decisions you personally would make, you know, things like that. The people you would let die or the people you would sur let survive or, or you would help. And he just kind of took all that out for, for Andromeda and just, it's just boring. It's just straight up boring. It's a shame because like Mass Effect is one of those great modern game properties, and I, if I remember right, I think we're getting either a Mass Effect series or a movie. Yeah, we're getting a, a series. I, th I think on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken, which I think will has the chance to be really great because like in playing Mass Effect the first time, I thought to myself, this would make a good movie or a good series. Yeah. So I, I hope it's able to recapture the magic of the trilogy. I hope yeah, so. Andromeda, Andromeda really, it really missed the mark. Like that's another one of those games that if we were to make a most disappointing games list, I think that's got to be up there as far as like games of the last, you know, decade plus. Yeah, I, I haven't touched it since I first bought it. I think I even deleted uh, the game from the hard drive after I quit playing. I was like, yep, I'm not going to play this anymore. Yeah. So. My number two, they, these are basically 1A and 1B for me because I dislike them almost equally. <laughs> and they involve probably two of my three favorite video game franchises. But my number two, I'm going to go with Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Mm. First of all, why would you name the game Sonic the Hedgehog? It's like the new Scream movie. Why don't you just call it Scream 5? Yeah, but it's called Scream. <laughs> this was literally just called Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, no, we got that game in 1991. So yeah, come up with some type of, you know, subtitle to go along with it. So it's commonly called Sonic 2006. Great graphics. One of the best looking Sonic games that has ever been made. And that's about where it ends. The gameplay is terrible. The camera control is worse than the Dreamcast games, which I thought was impossible. It's caused me to die numerous times. The The story to me was very subpar. Mm. Um, 
it had to deal with time travel, but it was it wasn't really executed fairly well. And it, it introduced a couple of you know, newer characters. It introduced Silver the Hedgehog and Blaze the Cat, who were from like a post-apocalyptic future. Mm. And they came back in time to to the present to prevent that from happening. But it just what I like about the Sonic games, in addition to the gameplay, I actually like the story that the more modern games that they have. But I just couldn't get into this game at all. It has a great exterior, but it's like that old saying, <laughs> you can polish a turd as much as you can, <laughs> but at the end of the day, still it's a still turd. a turd. So <laughs> it, this is, it's to me, and I haven't played every single Sonic game that's ever been made, but it's my least favorite Sonic game of all time, and it's not even close. See, luckily I missed all of those Sonic games. Like uh, The only Sonic games I've really played are 1 and 2 and Spinball. That's what I know Sonic as. I never played any of the, the you know, when they moved them into the 3D realm, you know, for the, the Xbox 360 uh, Sonic games and all that stuff. So I never got to play any of those. The Sonic Adventure games are fun. They've got good stories to them. So to, to me, that almost trumps the couple of gameplay flaws mm -hmm. that they have. But th this just has, I don't know what was what Sonic team was thinking with this, but it was almost like the game wasn't like finally polished. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. They probably so, put out the beta. <laughs> just that's like, what we, it seemed like. We got to get done. We're on, we got to get it out. That's what it seemed like to be perfectly honest. I think but... that happened a lot back in the day, honestly. Yeah. I feel like, you know, in the early days of the the jump from 2D to 3D, there was a lot of that. But this was 06, you know, this was Xbox 360, PS3 era. You yeah. know, they had time to perfect it and figure it out. But uh, there, there's really nothing good I can say about this game other than it's a pretty looking one. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, shiny turds, <laughs> for the <laughs> N64... Being a huge fan of this uh, genre, I was excited for when this game came out, and luckily I didn't buy it right out when it when it launched. I rented it and immediately knew, oh, oh, this is not good. Castlevania sixty four. Yeah, what a horrible, horrible entry <laughs> into the Castlevania. Um, you know, game series like it, it. It looks awful. It sounds awful. It, like you said, it. It looks like the beta of a game. Like it doesn't. It never felt finished. The 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 graphics are terrible. The the controls are wonky as hell. And why does he have a motorcycle? Like why? Well, I don't understand what was going on with this game. But all I can say is. It should have been, they should have known before releasing this that, like, oh, this is a bad game. We should just start over. Yeah, I remember reviewing this game. Uh, it might have been either last Halloween or it was the one before. Mm -hmm. And I remember not being able to play it very much just because it was, like you said, it felt incomplete. The combat system was terrible, the graphics were bad. It's just not a good game. <laughs> it's 
you know, I know it was hard. Like, I, I know it was hard trying to bring these 2D platformers into the 3D realm, but it could be done. I mean, they perfect, like, Nintendo nailed it with Mario 64. But games like this, like, the, the Castlevania had a rough start into the 3D, uh, into the 3D realm. I still think Castlevania should stick to a 2D platform. I mean, you look at games like Symphony of the Night, things like that. It it just should stay in that 2D side-scrolling platformer arena because the Nintendo 64, Castlevania 64 game is just... It is an awful, horrible game that they should be ashamed that they even allowed to be put out into the public. And to back up what you said about Castlevania sticking in the 2D realm, I've played one of the Game Boy Advance games, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite in the entire franchise. Really? So, yeah. No, I the I've heard all the other Game Boy Advance versions of Castlevania are great, but I I really liked the the one that I played. So I'm in 100% agreement with you. I, I feel that way about Sonic as well. Even though I like the story aspect of most of the 3D Sonic games, gameplay-wise, it still works as that Sega Genesis formula that we saw back in the early 90s. That's why people like Sonic games. Yeah. Same thing with Castlevania. That's what people like about them. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they tried it, and it didn't work. Yeah, but they should have, at the same time, looked at it and said, this is not even playable. Like we shouldn't even release this. So let's just cut our losses and start over. Yeah. Th- there's quite a few games that we could say about that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we both have the same number one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So we'll just talk uh, about it at the same uh, okay. time. <laughs> yeah. So you knew when this, when this was, you see the, the title of this episode, you got to know what's number one. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of this show. Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Yep. We both love Zelda. Mm-hmm. The, the original, one of the most iconic games of all time, introduced us to a great, you know, the, it introduced us to the world of Hyrule. Great characters, great gameplay. Most of the Zelda games are, are quite good. Mm-hmm. But every franchise has that, that skeleton <clears throat> in their closet that they don't want you to talk about. This is the skeleton in Zelda's closet. And I know there's a lot of people out there that love this game, um, or uh, you know, will defend it to the day they die. But I but when, personally can't stand it. And I don't want to speak for you entirely, but I'll give my explanation as to why I do not like this game. You look at the other great Zelda games, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I'll throw in Link's Awakening and the Oracle games as well for the later Game Boy installments. What do those games have in common? They have their subtle differences, but they play fairly the same. They have that top-down view. Mm -hmm. You go to your dungeons, you collect items, you collect heart pieces, all this stuff that Zelda's known for. That's what made those games so great, especially the original Legend of Zelda was that huge open world and the exploration of it. But with Zelda 2, yeah, you have that when you're on the overworld map, but when you actually go into a temple or you go to a forest, you get into a Mario style of 
2D platforming. And it just doesn't work with Zelda. Like if you if you took the Zelda element out of it, and you know, we talked about Agalos a while back on the show. Yeah. That that is what that game should have been. It should have had nothing to do with the Zelda franchise. It it just it's not Zelda to me. I, I know it has the Zelda name attached to it, but to me it is not Zelda because it is so different than all the other Zelda games that came before it. I know they changed the formula a bit when they made the transition to 3D, but that's expected. You look at the other games from that era, they all play similar. Yeah, but this is not... But it it works that way when you have that top-down exploration, you know, open world. It works when you move it into a 3D realm. It doesn't work when you go to a 2D side-scroller. Um, and the same thing with, uh, you know, they tried to do that with uh, a little bit with Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, but at least the original game was still a side-scroller, and they kept it that, you know, that side-scrolling, uh, you know, platformer for the, for the for Simon's Quest, and but they tried to add in, you know, some of the exploration elements, which kind of worked, but it was still early and rough. and But it wasn't to the point where, you know, going into the temples and you know Zelda too would just I would just get so lost. Yeah, yeah. The, I I will say this positive note about Zelda two. I like the temple music. The temple music was cool. It's one of the better Zelda tracks. Yeah, but, even the bad Zelda games have great music. <laughs> yeah, but that that's really like the only silver lining that I take away from that game. But it, it's just. Also, like the combat system is bad because you just have such limited range with your sword attack. Yeah. Like you have to be able to shoot beams out of your sword in order to really do any type of damage. Otherwise, you've got to be like right up on mm. the whatever you're fighting and you're going to get hit every time that happens. The hit boxes in that game are atrocious. Yeah. It it's just it, it's it's a black eye on the Zelda franchise. <laughs> but you, I mean, look at, you know, they learned their lesson with, you know, when they went on to the Super Nintendo and made uh, arguably one of the best Zelda games linked to the past. And they returned to that top down open world uh, explore, explorative, you know, gameplay. And that's what works for that genre. Don't put Zelda, don't put Link in a, a side scroller. It just doesn't work. It works for Mario. It works for Sonic. It ain't working for Zelda. No. So, yeah, I was pretty sure that game was going to land on both of our <laughs> uh, number one spot because as many times as I've tried to go back and play that game, and I, honestly, I've even watched a couple of, uh, like, I, I really like watching Arcus. On um, Twitch, you know, the speedrunner Arcus, he mm -hmm. plays Legend of Zelda 2 a lot, especially when he's doing um, his Arcathlons and things like that. And he can beat that game in like an hour or so. But even watching him play it, I'm just like, man, this game is boring. It really is. You know, there's, there's something to be said about the explorations in Zelda and you know, other games besides Zelda 2. Yeah, there's a lot of exploring, but there's also a little bit of excitement to it mm -hmm. as well. You know, like whenever you're moving to different areas of the map on, say, Legend of Zelda or Link to the Past, you're curious as to what's going to be next. Yeah. 
you don't get that with Zelda 2. Yeah, and even with the overworld map in, in Zelda 2, it's so sparse. And everywhere you move, you have those, <clears throat> you know, those little... Um, little ghost-like characters that chase you and, and bring you into a little fight sequence, almost like uh, random encounters in Final Fantasy. Like, don't bring yeah. that into Zelda. Like, just don't do it. It doesn't work there. But thankfully, they haven't gone back to that. Yeah. Like you said, they learned their lesson, and they gave us you know, arguably the best Zelda game ever made. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's a, that's a huge leak to go from you know, like a game that people despised to one of the greatest of all time. Like it was, that was a huge leap. And that's how you respond. Yep. Pretty much. But, uh, but that was enjoyable. I liked, uh, I liked making that list this week. Like I said, it, it was, wasn't a difficult list to make, but I mean, there's still a lot of games that I could have added, but none that were like, you know, close to my heart. Like some of these were. Yeah, when you brought up the idea to me, I pretty much instantly knew the five games that would be on my list. It was just a matter of putting them in order. And, and I'm being serious when I say that Zelda 2 and Sonic 2006 are like 1A and 1B. And I think Zelda 2 just barely edges it out because I'm more of a fan of Zelda than I am of Sonic. So I, I take those a little bit more to heart. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this was fun to do. I think we might do more of these for our uh, Patreon over the next year. Like maybe we could yeah. do some other top five lists because I like doing top five lists. These are fun. Oh, I do too. I mean, it's ever since I started doing them. You know, back when I was doing the morning show during the peak of COVID, people people love top five lists because you know it it just they create great conversation. Just because you know your list will be completely different than mine, and I might think. Oh well, maybe that should have been on my list instead of yeah. you know whatever's my number four or number five. So, but this was uh, this was fun to do, and um, thank you guys for um, you, you know supporting us every single month. I'm gonna play our music here. Thank you for supporting us every single month. We couldn't do this without you, the patrons. You keep the lights on for us, and you you get these extra episodes every month. And uh, for those of you, uh, the patrons will be getting this way early than everybody else. But once this hits the regular feed, you listen to this and you, you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and uh, throw us a buck or two a month. And that helps us, uh, keeps the lights on here, keeps us going. And um, yeah, and send us an email to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. So Derek, is there anything else to add before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm in total agreement with you. I think we should do more of these top five lists. So I'm down. if you, the patrons, have uh, any suggestions for top five lists, definitely uh, leave them in the comments and we'll uh, we'll make it happen. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next month. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? 
All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.